Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 276 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Well, warm weather continues here in Norfolk and our colonies are working hard on the ivy that's now in full flower. It's an opportunity for some to grab a late crop of honey, but I've been busy at the unit with cut comb and, finally, the heather honey press. It's been an interesting week. short and sweet a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span a beekeeper in fact just like me hi everyone welcome back to the podcast it's always a bit of a blur when i sit down to start the weekly podcast i look back at the week that's just slipped past and sometimes wonder how on earth we're now at the back end of yet another week or rather it being sunday today the start of another week and i must admit the weeks do seem to merge into one long continuum of beekeeping. Absolutely no complaints though. Every minute is a challenge, but for the most part, thoroughly enjoyable. This week, once again, I managed to get over to the fishing lakes apiaries and check in on two or three colonies that were in my mind to have a look at. Two were the colonies moved into full-size hives from the pumpkins and borage, and the other was the warm room miracle as i'm now calling it the super full of brood and a couple of queen cells where one of those queen cells had emerged i then took them to the fishing lakes apiary where we had the john harding queen rearing set up and the queen mated and began to lay eggs i really wanted to give them a little helping hand to see if i could get them through the winter it's quite a story now and also before i get into that the weather continues to confound and remarkably we're in for another week of 20 degrees celsius plus kind of temperatures with it being mostly dry here in norfolk We've had some pretty heavy rainfall, mind you. It's not all been heat wave and drought, but remarkably, we do seem to have had a prolonged warm spell, with the important overnight temperatures holding up well into double figures. Remarkable, because next weekend sees the last days of September, and we jump ever forward into October. I think we're going to get an almighty shock and one day soon the temperatures are going to suddenly drop like a stone and the central heating systems will be going on everywhere. Before then I'm hoping our little warm room colony will be well on its way to having enough adult worker bees to sustain themselves through the long and inevitably cold winter. Every day of warmth now though gives them one less cold day to have to manage so i'm very grateful for that only five months until we get to march 2024 and the start of the new beekeeping season the countdown for me has begun already so my little warm room colony they needed a check mainly because i was worried that i probably had a drone laying queen on my hands a result of poor mating or even no mating so they really needed to be checked. Surprisingly, 
they had a very nice laying pattern and a decent amount of brood for a small nucleus-sized colony. Remember, they're in a super. Well, they were up to this week. Things have changed now. This is what I did. With the video camera rolling, so do check out Patreon if you want to have a look at the video, I wanted to move them from the super into a full-size hive. This helps me and them in a couple of ways. Firstly, if I can get the queen to lay eggs in a full-size frame, it's going to be easier for them to take care of all of that brood on one frame instead of it being spread across two, three or even four super frames. Secondly, it allows me the opportunity of adding a little more brood from another colony to boost the number of adult bees that they'll have and thus give them a better chance of taking care of a little more brood if the queen keeps laying. Disappointingly, there were only a couple of frames of brood in the medium Langstroth box, the one that we use as a super, probably because there just aren't enough bees to take care of any more brood than they have. So helping them out was immediately on my mind. Moving them into a full-size hive was simple enough, but here we have to be careful. Make sure that the queen is found and moved across, because losing her now and the colony is pretty much doomed, we would have to unite them with another colony, damage her, and it ends in the same way. Most likely, or worse still, she survives for a few weeks, but then dies. The bees try to replace her with a new queen, that virgin emerges in the first or second week of October and finds that there are no boys out there to mate with and thus becomes a drone-laying queen and the colony fails. Well, we had no such problems because she was quite quickly found and moved across into the full-sized hive without fuss. Now, it would be easiest to simply remove the super frames, give this little nuke frames of drawn comb and let them get on with it. But it's getting late in the season, and because they're so small, they need as many adult bees as possible to help keep everyone warm when the colder temperatures finally arrive. Two medium Langstroth frames of brood will result in a quite large increase in the population of adult bees in this nuke, so they're not to be wasted. Transferring the medium frames across keeps that brood intact, and although they're not the same size as deep brood frames, the colony will manage well enough with them in the brood area, and I can move them away and out if and when they get through to next spring. The question of boosting the colony with a frame or two of brood is an important one. It's all too easy to open up another colony, shake off bees from a couple of full frames of sealed brood and add them. However, if you give this little colony too much to take care of and the temperatures plummet or some of the brood is not yet sealed, all you'll end up with is patches of dead larvae. Far better to give them a small patch of additional brood this week and revisit next week to see how they're doing, maybe adding another partial frame of brood to build them up further. So that's what I did. The nearest colony, this was a nuke over the summer months and now a full-size colony in its own right, had several frames of sealed and emerging brood. Interestingly, just a few eggs and no open larvae. And that sealed brood that they had was emerging fast and the cells were being filled with ivy nectar and pollen. I found a frame with a smallish patch of brood, maybe just two or three hundred cells, 
doesn't sound much, but it will give a nice little boost to the adult population. I shook the workers off, transferred it to the nuke, now in the full-size hive, and replaced the frame with one drawn comb. Hopefully, to give the queen in the donor colony a chance to lay more eggs before it gets filled up with ivy nectar again. The important takeaway point here being, at all stages of the season, spring, summer or autumn, don't get your bees too stretched in what you're trying to get them to do. In this instance, giving them a couple of frames of brood would probably just result in a lot of dead larvae. A simple waste. Better to give a little and often, right now, until you're happy they can make it or conditions mean you have to stop. I closed the colony up and added some food, a simple heavy sugar syrup, with the aim of encouraging them to store some along with the ivy that they're collecting and hopefully encourage the queen to keep laying eggs for a while longer. Interestingly, the wasps have pretty much disappeared. I'm so relieved that this year I seem to have the balance right and all of our nucleus colonies have developed into strong enough colonies to chase away any wasps that have tried to get close. I think once the wasps realise they're not getting into the nukes easily, they give up and go look elsewhere for an easy meal. The other two colonies I mentioned are doing fine too. I didn't inspect them, just topped up the feeder with syrup and watched the entrance to see returning workers laden with pollen. That's enough for me to be going on with. Pollen likely means we have laying queens in both hives, so it's really a waiting game now. In other news... I had something of a stinking cold at the beginning of the week, a gift from my grandchildren. Unfortunately, it hit me quite hard early in the week, and I've had to delay getting the bees back from the heather for yet another week. I reckon I'm back to about 80% again now, so everything is planned for next week and it's just got to happen. The good news is that the heather press, or rather the fruit press that I'm using for the heather honey, has arrived. It arrived last Tuesday. It's a heavy old piece of kit, and having given it a try, it seems to work fine. I'm sure there are several issues, but the only issue at the moment does seem to be the time it takes for the honey to be pressed out of the comb and drained into the buckets. I spent some time early in the week producing a large batch of cut comb from the supers that were on the heather. We have so much in the warm room that I can really be very selective with the frames that I choose for cut comb and anything not up to scratch can go into the honey press. Having experimented with the press, it's quickly become apparent that quite a lot of wax particles also get through the straining bag. The setup is such that the large stainless steel cage has a cloth bag that sits inside it and these come in either fine or coarse mesh options. I of course opted for the coarse mesh bag but have since ordered a couple of fine mesh bags to compare. I don't actually mind the wax particles in suspension within the honey but I'm sure some customers would rather have it as clear as possible. Interestingly, yet another quirk of heather honey means that the pure heather honey that turns to jelly so quickly after being pressed out has tiny bubbles in it and these actually get trapped in suspension so the honey has thousands of tiny bubbles throughout the jar. It looks very random yet uniform if that kind of makes any sense at all. Imagine a jar of 
clear glue with glitter stirred through it and you'll get the same kind of image. It's weird but surprisingly pleasing to the eye I think. The process I used was to remove the wires from the comb that had wire embedded in it and then cut out the entire comb in one piece. This was then cut into four or five sections and gathered up before being placed on its edge within the honey press which has a circular central cage. I continued to cut out the comb and stack it carefully trying to fill in any gaps to get as much of the comb in the press as possible. I managed to get three supers stacked within the basket before pulling the cloth strainer sides over the top of the comb and then placing the very heavy top cover on top of the strainer bag. The entire press uses a bottle jack to compress the top plate downwards and thus squeeze out the honey from the comb. I do think I might get an extra super of comb within the press basket if I force it in tightly, but as this was my first proper experimentation, I figured I should take it carefully and not try to do too much too soon. It feels painfully slow, at least this first attempt was. I didn't want to split the bag or damage the press in any way, so I guess I was being overly cautious. It might be that I can increase the pressure from the bottle jack some more and get the honey to strain out a little quicker in future pressings, but for now I wanted to take my time and see how everything worked together. This is all very strange and new to me, as a consequence really good fun and oh so interesting. I love learning new skills in my beekeeping and this really is a first trial by error for me I think. If I can get four supers worth of honey in the press each time I think we could get away with maybe seven or eight pressings once the cut comb frames are set aside. Here's the challenge though, it's taking a lot of time to get one full pressing done. Now the first couple of pressings have taken a lot more time than perhaps it will take when I'm not filming or preparing cut comb. If I can get the loading of the honey press sorted so that it becomes routine, I'm hoping I can maybe get a fully loaded honey press ready to go in around an hour. As ever, it will probably take longer, especially as to start with this year, I have to cut out the wires. But once the pressing is underway, I can turn my attention back to cutting out more comb and be ready for the next loading. Who knows, I may even get it all done in a week. The next challenge is the trip north to get the hives off the moors. They also each have a super on them and some of those were quite full with heather honey too. So I may find I have another 20 or so supers to process when I return. It's certainly been an interesting and challenging part of the season. I'm hopeful that this final trip to the moors will be a little less complicated in that my intention is to use my spare time that I have not to inspect the colonies but to fill in some of the rather large potholes in the undefined track that leads to the hives. There are a few very deep holes that really need sorting otherwise it's going to be a little rough for the bees as we drive back over them to the main track. Luckily it does seem that my cold has finally eased. I still have a little bit of a sore throat, but otherwise I'm going to be fine. I'm actually looking forward to another trip to the moors, would you believe? I must remember to take some honey back for the head gamekeeper and the landowner, though, as a thank you for allowing me to take my colonies up there. 
Overall, it looks like it's been a very worthwhile trip. The honey is actually really tasty. A very strong flavoured honey and the aroma from the hives that hit me full on when I first inspected them has mellowed a lot, so it's nowhere near as powerful as that first time. All I need to do now is introduce the honey to our customers and wait for all those orders to flood in. Always the optimist here. Finally, if you've got treatments on your hives, do remember to take them out at the appropriate time as per the instructions for that treatment, and then it's time to think about feeding colonies if you haven't already started, and of course begin hefting to make sure that they're all a decent weight to see them through Christmas and beyond. There we go, I've said that word, Christmas. And on that note, that's it for this week. Don't forget to check out my website, www.norfolk-honey.co.uk, and for my latest videos and podcasts with more updates, tips and techniques, it's the same Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. 